the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. The psalm says, sing to the Lord a new song, for the Lord has wrought wonderful works. Or in the version I was reading, uh, preparing for the sermon says, for he has done marvelous works. Shout to God all the earth, sing and exult and sing praises. The psalm is saying, let us rejoice because our God is doing amazing things, wonderful things, marvelous things. What is this marvelous thing that God is doing? Today is Thomas Sunday. The first Sunday after the resurrection is a minor lordly feast. We have seven major lordly feasts and seven minor lordly feasts and seven feasts of St. Mary. We like to feast. We're a, we're a feasting church. Uh, you know, uh, people oftentimes say, why do we spend two-thirds of the year fasting? Is because we spend every other minute fe feasting. So, you know, it's something to weigh the balance. We're like kind of like either, either here or there, right? Nothing in the middle. So seven major lordly feasts, seven minor lordly feasts, of which one of them is Thomas Sunday, in which, as the gospel, which was read and you heard, says that the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to his 11, uh, to 10 of his disciples. Thomas wasn't with them, um, and they saw him, and they rejoiced and they were so happy to see him and the doors and the windows were shut and he just appeared amongst them and he said to them peace be with you and then they told Thomas and Thomas said unless it's impossible unless I put my hand uh, my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand in his side I will not believe and Jesus appears to Thomas and he doesn't wait for Thomas to ask but he reveals himself to Thomas. What we're celebrating today, and sometimes people call St. Thomas Doubting Thomas, we're so good at picking the faults of other people. I'm so good at picking the faults of other people, right? But maybe it's because I see in them a little bit of myself. If you say, well, this is a nice story and all, but why does it need to be a feast? Let us begin from the very end of the gospel. Let's kind of read it backwards and we'll figure out why this is a feast. This is the, 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 the last bit of the last bit of this of chapter 21 of St. John, a uh, chapter 20 of St. John says this is the end of the chapter. It says, have life in his name. What does that mean? If I do something in the name of someone else, for example, um, the other day uh, we moved like a million months ago, but uh, I've been kind of slow at changing our address for stuff because we're getting our mail forwarded. So the other day I call up uh, uh, Mar Mary's visa card and I tell him I'm calling on behalf of my wife, Mary Boutros, to change, to update our address, right? And uh, Mary was like, you know, taking care of our baby or whatever. And so they said, can we speak to her for a second? Yes. I put her on speaker. Yes, I'm here. I'm right beside him. Okay. And they, they hand the phone back to me. And I continued to do whatever I was doing on her behalf. So I had authority of, of her account because she had given authority to me. And that, that was like certified to them and they were okay with it. So I was acting in her name. I was acting on her behalf. And... Because I'm acting in her name on her behalf, I have authority to do like, to do whatever. I was only calling to change an address, but then I increased her credit limit and then I did all these other things, right, while I was, while I was there, right? So that's what it means in his name. What's the part below, before that? That we may have life. 
So Jesus has given us the authority, His authority, the authority of His resurrection, the authority of His ability to conquer death, the ultimate enemy, right? Like the, the, the ultimate answer to the question, what's the worst that can happen, right, is, is death. And He has conquered it. And He has given us that authority, that power in His name. How do we get access to that? One step before that belief. Oh no, same slide. I'm still on the last sentence. That believing you may have life in His name. That believing you may have life in His name. And Jesus says to us many times, He says to His disciples, right? He just tells them, just believe. Just believe. And you have authority, and through having authority, you will have life. Now, that's all very good and all, and it may or may not be something you've ever heard or never, never heard before. It may not be something new to you. But what's the big deal with Thomas Sunday? I'll tell you the big deal with Thomas Sunday. Thomas didn't believe. Thomas gave uh, requirements for God. I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and then I'll believe. What did Jesus do? He gave him this, and he gave him this, and he gave him this, right? The, the message of Thomas Sunday is that God not only wants to give you the authority of his name, to have power over death in his name, to have power over demons and darkness in his name, God doesn't only want to give you that. God wants to give it to you so bad that if you put some conditions to God, He will come and fulfill them. If you tell Him, jump through a few hoops for me, He will come and do it. He will come in person and do it. That's the message of Thomas Sunday. That God wants you and me to believe at all costs. And he's willing to play my little game of I want to put my finger here and I want to put my hand there and I want to stand on my head and I want to do this. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I'm meeting more and more people in this day and age who actually really want to believe. One of the things that really encouraged me to become a priest was I was meeting people all over the city before I was a priest who really wanted to believe in something. But they just couldn't find something that they could, something that, that was tangible, something that they could wrap their hands around and that they could really, truly believe in. And I thought to myself that my experience of Christ is more than tangible. It's, it's the most real thing that I have access to. Well, what, what a joy to share this with people. If we go back just to the, be to the beginning of the sentence, and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Next slide. Which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe. So, St. John is clarifying to us that the gospel is not a history book. It's not a, it's not a, a chronological record of everything that Jesus said and did. It is what is necessary for you to see and to believe in him. Why? That believing in Him, you may have life in His name. That's all God is after. That's all He's after. And I want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, so, some of you, are, I know you personally are very uh, knowledgeable uh, in a lot of things of which I am not very knowledgeable. Um, in what other religion, belief system, life philosophy, 
etc., 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 describes a deity who is willing to do what his creation wants to help them to believe in him. How humble is this God? How gentle is this God? How, how much is this God deeply desiring my and your own personal faith in Him? He doesn't want us to believe about Him, to believe God exists. He wants us to believe in Him. That when He says something, He's going to hold true. When Father John says he's going to meet you, it'll probably be, you know, plus or minus 15 minutes. Somewhere in that half hour window, he'll show up, right? When Jesus says he's going to meet you at five o'clock, he wants you to believe that he's going to be there at five sharp. He wants us to believe in him. Why do you know that, you know, like, you know, I'm sort of give or take 15 minutes? Because you know me. He wants us to know him. That we may believe in Him. And believing in Him, we may have life in His name. Now the funny thing is, when Thomas said, unless I see, put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand in His side, Jesus wasn't there. Well, I mean, he heard him, so I don't know, was he there, was he not there? But anyways, they had nobody else, and the eleven were gathered, they, didn't, they couldn't see Jesus, right? Now I want to ask you a question. What, if Jesus was standing right there, he heard him, what do you think his answer would have been? Can you flip to the parallax hymn for us? So, um, you'll find the hymns of the church are really beautiful in that they explain the season to us. Like if you're wondering, like, what's the big deal with Thomas Sunday? Just pay attention to the words of some of the hymns and you'll find that the hymns are explaining to us, are explaining to us the meaning of the feast and why it is a feast. Thomas says, unless I put my finger, St. Thomas says, unless I put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will by no means believe. What, is, what would Jesus say to him? The church is saying, and, and of course this is, this is the, the hymnology of the church, it's not, like, it's not what Jesus said, but it's the hymnology of the church, says, Jesus answers and says, Thomas, my chosen, come unto me to see me, to know me, for I am Jesus Christ and I rose indeed. Bring your hand and look at my hands. Thomas, my chosen, come unto me to see the mark of the nails which the Jews pierced me with. For I am the Lord Jesus Christ, I rose from the dead. Bring your hand to look at my hands. Thomas, my chosen, whom I love, to see the spear's mark which the Jews threw into my side. Bring your hand to look at my hands. Thomas, my chosen, among the disciples, you believed that it is me, I rose from the dead. There's two phrases that keep getting repeated again and again. Go back to, uh, more to any slide. Two phrases get repeated multiple times. Thomas, my chosen, I rose from the dead. 
the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to you and to me today, John, my chosen, Omar, my chosen, Sandra, my chosen, Sahar, my chosen, I love you and I rose from the dead. Believe in me. Believe in me. Don't believe about me. Believe in me that you may have authority over life and over death. I promise you, I promise you, this is not uh, magic. This isn't hocus pocus. This isn't Dungeons and Dragons. This is real stuff. This is real, this is real stuff. If we believe in him, we will have the confidence to pray with faith. We will have the confidence to do what St. Paul told us in his apostle, to put off the old man and the works of the old man, lying and cheating and unforgiveness and so on. And we'll have the confidence to do what St. John told us in the Catholic epistle, to love our brother and to forgive and to love because we live in light, because we know, we know that this, is, this life, there's resurrection after this life. It doesn't, it's not worth forgiving you or not forgiving you or holding a grudge. It's not worth it. There's so much more ahead of us. And in the praxis, in the Acts, when St. Paul tells them, I came to reveal to you the unknown God, God himself, creator of the universe, the one who upholds the universe with his breath, like it says in Job, with his breath, like is what it takes for God to order the world and the galaxies and everything and the micromolecular structure of DNA and from the largest to the smallest thing is all upheld simply by His breath. That God who is that great and that awesome cares about you and me and to reveal Himself to you and to me. And with St. Paul, he says to you and to me, I came to reveal to you the unknown God. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. The blessings of this feast be with you all. Oh, sorry. What I wanted to mention at the very, very end is who cares about all these feasts, right? Okay, this happened very nice 2,000 years ago, right? So this is like a nice historical record of like what happened 2,000 years ago. We believe that our Christian life, we believe that this power, you may be sitting and saying, well, this power to overcome death, Father John, I don't know, it sounds really nice what you're saying, but like, like I, I don't know, like I haven't witnessed this in my own life, right? The way we get access to it is by participating in the life of Christ. Who has power over death? Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Look at the Psalms. Psalm 1 that we pray in the morning prayer every day. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Who is this blessed man? Who never walks in the, in the way of the ungodly, who never sits in the seat of the scornful, who never, who never, who... Right? Who is so circumspect. Who does everything. Per who? Who is perfect? Jesus. You'll notice everything is about Jesus. And so the church is telling us, come live the life of Christ. Come live the life of Christ. Jesus was announced to the Holy Virgin St. Mary on the Feast of Annunciation. Come and live that feast. Enjoy it. Jesus was incarnate. Come enjoy His incarnation. Jesus was crucified. Come be crucified with Him. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus appeared to Thomas to fulfill all of His requirements, to give him faith and to send him out to the world, to give faith to the world. Come. 
participate in that faith-building pro process that God is doing in the life of Thomas, in the life of you, and the life of me. These feasts were given to us to participate in them uh, as a church, liturgically, and so on. Yes, that's very nice, and it's very important. I'm not taking away from that. But in our day-to-day -day life, let this not be Thomas Sunday, but Thomas Week where we all week tell God, God, I want to believe in you, but this is standing in the way. Help me out. God, this, uh, this I want to believe in you, but this is standing in the way. Take that away. God, I, would, I, I believe in you and I want you to affirm my faith, but this has shaken me up a little bit. And I don't understand this. Help me out. Right? And come and see if the God of Thomas and the God of Gideon is the living God who gives life to you and to me. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This time it's real. I have sinned. Forgive me. <laughs>